excited. This week I am going to bring you a very special episode because I wanted to take some time to reflect on what we've learned and to kind of reposition ourselves. I started this podcast in an effort to not assume that we knew everything that was needed to help aid ending the foster care crisis, but to hear all sides of the stories and to better understand where we could make things better. So through the first 35 episodes of this podcast, because we've been through 35 episodes, we spoke with former foster youth, foster parents, social workers, trauma experts, a judge, a cop, an education expert, all who showed us different facets of the totality of this systemic crisis. So the overwhelming response to the question that I would ask is what can we do to help end the foster care crisis was that we need to support our local communities. We need to know our neighbor and help biological families attain the resources that they need to keep their families intact. We need to know who our foster parents are and extend support to the incredible families that invite children into their homes. We need to be more trauma-informed, a more trauma-informed community at large. We need to understand traumatized children and why they present differently than other children. We need to not judge these children and not judge children from rough places, but ask, how can we help? Most importantly, Through these 35 episodes, we've learned that we need to invest in the individual children's lives. Time is the most precious gift that we can give and something that we all have if we shift our priorities. Unwanted, abandoned, orphaned children are the community's responsibility. I firmly believe that. And we must support, guide, love, invest, raise up generations that will nurture, love, and support their own children to end this crisis. So with that, with all that we have learned, I've decided that I'm gonna change the vision and mission of this podcast. And I really want to change that so that we can set forth to build an army of people that are interested and willing to take responsibility for our foster youth and who are supportive of foster and adoptive families. I really want this to be a place where community members feel like they can make a difference, where they feel like they're good enough to make that difference and believe that they can be a big deal in the life of a child. Okay, so with all of that to say, you will all be hearing a new intro when listening. And this shift to community comes at a time when we need it most, right? We're living in the most tumultuous political climate we've seen unprecedented times, right? And all of us being affected by the world's energy right now. The battle of everyone's trauma is so palatable. So I ask that you choose to take an empathetic stance during this time. We need more people to hold the world's pain, not judge it, not add in our beliefs, not convince people or advise people, but just hold. Just hold a space for people's pain. There's a very masculine energy in a lot of us that we want to fix. Like it's, it's very natural, but we want to fix things. And we really want to tell people what they should do or give them the answer or fix the problem, right? It's supernatural. Somebody gives us a problem and we tell them how they should fix it. But 
People need and are desperately calling out for simple validation, for someone to just acknowledge their feelings and sit with them for a moment, okay? A stable moment. Get what I did there? Okay, I remember interactions with my dad where I would tell him I did something stupid, like I got a speeding ticket, and immediately he would go into, yeah, well, you shouldn't have been speeding, and you need to give yourself ample time to get to work. Next time, set your cruise control. And I was always like, yeah, I get it, dad, don't speed. And trust me, my dad was not the picture perfect example of a model driver. Uh, I had seen him plenty of times speed or have road rage. But my dad had the best intentions, right? It was his job to make sure I knew better and to protect me from further mistakes. But I knew what I did and I knew what I had to do. Sometimes we're just looking for, so you got a speeding ticket. That sucks. You want to talk about it? And he raised me to take accountability for my actions. So undoubtedly, I would have said, no, I shouldn't have been speeding. It, it just sucks. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. So this very simple shift that we can make invites relationship and validates and gives you opportunity to have a conversation. Something I think that we could all work to get better at. We all just want to be heard at the end of the day. We all, if we dig down deep enough, know the right answer. So unless someone is asking specific questions or for specific advice, just listen and validate. We use this approach with the children that we serve, you know, in stable moments. But in this time, in the world right now, it's bigger than that. Let's practice this with our spouse, our neighbor, our coworker, our kids, okay? Let's build a more empathetic and understanding relationship with everyone we know. They say there's no selfless acts, and I actually believe that that's true. I feel like at the end of the day, everything we do is for some type of personal gain. Even if it's helping others, it makes us feel good about ourselves. And that's kind of like a psychology hole that I won't go down. But we can take steps in the right direction by building in a practice of putting our beliefs, our wants, our desires and agendas aside and just lending space and time to other humans. Make space for their reality. That's actually what true empathy is. A willingness to actually wear, put on and wear and walk in somebody else's shoes and try your hardest to forget about your shoes, okay? And none of us are objective. We all have to realize that. We all have to realize that we have implicit bias that is informed by where we grew up, how we were raised, the schools we went to, the relationships we've had. So we have to admit that we aren't even able to be objective if we wanted to. And then try our hardest to hold space for others and others' realities. Now, I don't mean to get super political or anything, um, and that is totally not the reason for this. But we are headed towards an election, which has everyone less and less able to hold space for others, right? We have to get our words in. It's our civic responsibility to promote and push and educate. And I get it. I get it. Like we stand for things and, and we do want to make change. But I would ask if you're active politically, if you're pushing one candidate or a party's agenda on social media or on your front lawn, I would ask that you give equal time, if not more, 
to your local youth. Personally, I don't believe a man or a woman voted into office can change or heal our brokenness, which is at the root of so many of our problems right now. Trauma and injustice in our society is the root of most of our heated debates. So as you're looking for change from the top down, which I don't blame you, that's a great place to be, but I beg you to also be working just as hard, if not harder, from the bottom up. We don't have to wait until November or until a certain legislation is passed. Yeah, we can fight for those things. But don't underestimate the power of what you can do right now for your communities that will impact lives that absolutely can be a catalyst for a child to find their worth and to develop life skills to make healthy transitions into adulthood who will love and care for their children. Don't underestimate the power of simply being more supportive of families, reaching out so that someone who decided to foster but feels so alone and is at the end of their rope doesn't throw in the towel. Don't underestimate the power of supporting a mom or a dad who with just a little bit of help could keep their child in their home where they belong. If you believe in change as much as I see people with political agendas believe in change, then I simply ask you to also be the change. Show up. Don't be a social media warrior and pat yourself on the back from preaching behind a computer screen. Get your hands dirty. Put your needs aside. Get vulnerable. Be kind. Give time. All right. Well, I hope that this podcast can equip and inspire more people to feel like they're truly part of the solution. We have a lot more power than we think, and I want to inspire you guys and encourage you guys to rise up together. And that just looks like helping each other. It's not it's not like some super complicated problem, but I promise you that we're not doing or making any amazing gains by continuing the divide and, and staying isolated. We need to reach out and get close to people in our communities that need help. And we can take back our power and care for our communities. And if you're not sure how to do that, maybe there's not a stable moments near you. Maybe you're not already a service provider and you're just saying like, okay, great, I want to serve my community, but I don't know where to start. I would start by Googling foster or adoptive kids in my community or organizations in my community and see what they have for volunteer opportunities. You can call the Department of Children and Families and ask how you can help or if there's volunteer opportunities that they know of. You can look into your local guardian ad litem or CASA program. These are court-appointed special advocates that each kid is assigned when they go into care they actually get assigned a volunteer to speak on their behalf in their interest in court. And those are all over the nation. So look for your local CASA, C-A-S-A, or uh, Guardian Ad Litem program and see if you can get involved. A lot of times you don't have to actually be a Guardian Ad Litem. A lot of times they'll have other opportunities or you can just donate. It's about to be the holidays, okay? So if you can figure out in your area who does a collection for foster or adoptive kids, that's a great place to start as well. I know, you know, in the Cobb County, Atlanta area, there's Foster for Love. They pick up um, gifts for kids that are in foster care. So 
right? It's almost Christmas time. And if every time you go to Walmart or every time you go out, you just pick up a small item. I know that they and a lot of these orgs have like what, you know, suggested gift items or whatever. So you could really make a Christmas for a family that can't afford to have one or for a foster family that is already taking in a bunch of kids and you can make it a little bit easier for them. So let's, as we're moving towards Thanksgiving and we're moving towards the holidays, let's think of people that may need help and see in your area how you can give and see if you can give specifically to foster Uh, families in your area. Maybe give them a meal for Thanksgiving or uh, give some kids a Christmas. I absolutely love the heart of the people in our community and I'm super excited for next week when we talk to Darren Fink from Transfiguring Adoption. You guys, he and his wife are so cool. Their whole nonprofit is based on how we can use media like books and movies to process trauma and emotions and promote healing for our families. So he gives this example of he has four adopted children and he's fostered others, but he has four adopted children. And he gives this example of they were sitting around uh, the dinner table and they decided to read the Harry Potter book because that's what the kids were into at that time. And they read like a chapter per night at the dinner table. And the son who had a difficult time processing Uh, emotions, being aware of his emotions or how he felt or being able to process really anything or talk about stuff. As they read the book, he was like that, like how that character feels and how that character is acting. Like I relate with that. And so it was actually the catalyst to their conversations about like, oh, so you feel like this character, let's talk more about that. And it gave him an example of the feelings he was feeling. And it allowed him to talk about them when he couldn't any other time. So this really helped them, you know, inspired them to use media in a way that could elicit these conversations uh, and elicit conversation and relationship building and all that. So now they build a whole nonprofit around this where they offer reviews of different media, different books, different movies, and let you know as a family how you can work all sorts of things using media. So that's coming out next. Big congratulations to Lauren Cochran. She actually won the August review book giveaway. So her review put her in a drawing to get um, a possible book. And her name was generated out of the little random name picker that I put it in. So sending Lauren the Stable Moments book. Thank you so much for everybody that participated in that August review drawing. It totally spiked the review. We had a great response. So thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. Okay. So I wanted to share with you guys that I released a t-shirt that says I'm a big deal. And it's funny because I recently wore it to our Atlanta training. I was at a training in Atlanta and I wore it in and one of the first things one of the attendees said was, oh, that's a great shirt. We should get those for the kids. And I gave them this whole spiel on why they need to believe they're a big deal. You guys have heard it on this podcast, but that I truly believe that if, you know, we don't think we're a big deal, then how can we 
expect a child to think they're a big deal and that we have to lead by example. So I better think I rock and the program directors in this program better think they rock. And that trickles down to the mentors. They better think they rock. And that trickles down to the kids. They better think they rock, right? So we can't have kids in this program thinking that they are a big deal and that they matter if the mentor, they don't think they matter, they're just helping. Or if the program director who's leading all of these mentors they're not a big deal. They're just helping. Or if I, the leader of all of this, doesn't think I'm a big deal. So I get that it starts from the top down here and it starts with leadership. So I believe I'm a big deal. But I asked those attendees, I said, how many of you would be comfortable wearing this shirt? And nobody really raised their hand. Uh, but I said, how many of you would feel like it was nothing to give it to kids or to see it on kids? And so it was just a reminder that we need to be the example. And gosh, we cannot ask somebody to do something that we're not willing to do. So those shirts are available at stablemoments.com store. And, you know, I'm just w waiting for that first person to step up and say that they are brave enough to wear an I'm a big deal shirt. And then when somebody says, oh, why are you a big deal? You get to explain to them, like, I'm a big deal because I'm doing my part to end the foster care crisis. I'm a big deal because I have kids that need to believe they're a big deal. So I need to lead by example. Okay? And boy, the more you wear it and the more you get to talk about it and the more you say it out loud and you hashtag it, I swear to you, it becomes true. And it's a really great place to work from. So those are available. Stable Moments program directors, it would be really cool if people saw you wearing these when they came to their mentor on-site training. I'm just saying. So, uh, and you can share with them the same, you know, wisdom that I have that it starts with us and then it trickles down. So, can't wait to see the first person that's rocking their I'm a big deal shirt and take a selfie, put it in the Stable Moments podcast Facebook group. Also, anybody that has their shirts, we've had a few people get their uh, doing my part to end the foster care crisis. Take a selfie of you and your shirt, get proud of it, and post it in the Stable Moments podcast. We love to see uh, everybody being proud that they are doing their part. And it doesn't really matter how small your part is. Just wearing the shirt is doing your part because you're raising awareness. So, I, I want to really celebrate a part of the stable moments model is attainable goals in creating winning streaks and celebrating successes. So we can do small things that mean a lot. We can have big impact by, by taking small steps and we should see the value in our small steps. So believe in it because you're rocking it out if you're doing some of these very small things, right? but they matter. And this is, I noticed that this is kind of how God works. There's so many times that I will be like, oh, this probably doesn't matter. And, you know, things aren't going the way I want. And the right people haven't emailed me back and whatever. And then, oh, I wear a t-shirt into town and somebody goes, oh, you know, what do you do? I noticed there's a horse on the back of your shirt or whatever. And then I tell them what I do. And they're like, oh, that's crazy. There's a farm right up the road. And you make this big connection that you would have never never made had you not needed to run out and grab an energy drink. I don't know. And it's just like so neat that when you kind of, you know, suspend uh, all of your belief in the fact that you need to make everything work, you kind of suspend and surrender that control 
uh, how things work out. And, you know, for me, things have not been like huge, big things that have really moved the needle. It's been a series of small efforts that I've put in and connections that have been made and little things that got picked up that I never thought would make a big difference. So, you know, as long as you're stepping forward and you're making the right next right decision, um, and you're walking through doors that are open for you, then you are showing up and that should be celebrated. 100% that should be celebrated. All right, guys, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad that I was able to share with you kind of the new vision and the new direction that we're going to go in. And next time, not only do you get to hear Darren Fink, but you get to hear the new intro. So make sure you're here for that. And I will talk to you guys next week.